Attention all you rule breakers, you misfits and troublemakers, all you free spirits and pioneers, all you visionaries and nonconformists. Everything the establishment has told you is wrong with you is actually what's right with you. You see things others don't. You are hardwired to change the world. You are listening to the Spiritual Activist Radio Show, and I am Rahasia Uncensored where we look at the world not as it is, but as we know it can be, if and only if we have the courage to question the answers we've been given. This is our world, and it's time for us to take it back. Well, welcome once again to the BBS radio show called Spiritual Activist at bbsradio.com forward slash spiritual activist. I also have a Rumble channel, which is rumble.com forward slash Rahasia Uncensored. And I've basically given up on my YouTube channel. They've shadow banned me. They've given me, if I get one more strike, they're going to just take my channel. Uh, Actually, my last podcast, I did it specifically so I could put it up on YouTube. Didn't say anything wrong. So what they did is they went back in time and gave me strikes for interviews they did years and years and years ago with CIA. Uh, another one was with uh, Alana Freeland about chemtrails. So I, I guess I just have to let this be. I, I don't want to lose the channel. So at the same time, what I need to do is I'm counting on you to really look at my videos, like, share, join, and go to Rumble, go to BBS Radio, and help me build up these channels, because uh, nothing else is working right now. And I'd rather put most of my attention on bbsradio.com forward slash spiritual activist, because that's what I feel like I am, Um, a spiritual person that I like to take action. If, If I don't, I mean, what are we doing here? And so many people are waiting for somebody to come and save them, and nobody is coming to save us, people. Nobody. It's up to us. We the people. And we're all in this together. And if you want to support my channel, go to lotusguide.com forward slash donation. And there's a safe PayPal uh, secured link there where you can make donations, which really help right now because I recently unplugged my magazine. I'm no longer printing the Lotus Guide because I'm, I'm getting too much uh, resistance from even the readers locally that that's known me for years, known the magazine for years. But, um, you know, the local churches, they don't see the disadvantage of closing down and locked down. And I, I can't seem to get through to them. And this is part of formation psychosis, mass formation psychosis. I've talked about it before. Um, matter of fact, I'll probably do a book review on a book that's out. I'm reading Alex Jones' book right now on uh, The Great Reset. I'll let you know how that goes. But um, we, we need to support each other. And I'm not talking about just financial support. I'm talking about going to my channels, liking, subscribing, sharing, trying to get up my views because I'm starting from scratch right now. Um, <laughs> at this point in my life, I didn't expect I would have to do this, but If you want to speak the truth, you're going to get marginalized and eventually deplatformed. They're they're going to eventually deplatform me. Um, It's just as well I'm not 
producing the Lotus Guide anymore because they would come in and hack my website. These people are dead serious, and accent is on the word dead. They they want 15 out of 16 of us to not be here on the planet anymore by 2030. This isn't me telling you this. This is them. Read their paperwork. They're putting out all of this. And The Great Reset by Alex Jones, he said it was the easiest book he's ever written because it's all they're writing. He's just telling us what they're planning, and we're deep into it right now. We're deep into it. Now I'm going to do my part to spread what I can to whatever listeners I can come up with. And uh, I think today I'm going to play, it's a, a half hour video, that just a documentary that just came out. And you can find it, you can't find it on YouTube. But you can find it in places on Rumble, things like that. But I'm going to play it because it's so important for people to realize what these people are doing. They're dead serious, and they've been dead serious for decades, decades. This didn't just happen. This, this is by Andy Wakefield. It's called Infertility, and I'll let the documentary speak for itself. Then I'll, I might interrupt occasionally, but um, we'll talk about this when it's over. Humans across the globe are becoming increasingly less fertile. The worldwide fertility rate dropped by nearly 60%. The lowest number of recorded births in 30 years. Fertility rates have hit a record low. The baby bust. Why are the rates lower? What's happening here? Your body's designed to do something. When you're told that you can't. If I ever had to say to my daughter that she won't be able to have children, it would be devastating. Since women stopped being able to have babies, what's left to hope for? When I heard about this story from East Africa about fertility, I thought to myself, that's, that's me. As a gynecologist, in the last few years, we have seen... Now, really sit back and take this in. These are real people talking about real things that are being done to them. And after they're through with them, they're coming for us. Dramatic increase in the number of women who are losing pregnancies, the number of women who are presenting uh, with um, threatened abortion, with bleeding in early pregnancy. Uh, we're also seeing a lot of young couples with infertility. Infertility is one of the most major problems now in gynecology in Africa. I have seen the tears. They have lost their identity. You die inside. The ultimate mystery, why are women infertile? By the way, this is a diabolical thing that's happening. And for those of you who's just listening, 
says history is littered with the visions of those who came to believe that it is their destiny to change the world. The very process of evolution to write what history, to write that history and to make the choice of who will live and who will die and who will not. My journey with the miscarriages was very difficult. The first one, I carried that pregnancy for about three weeks. I got pregnant again, and I must have carried that pregnancy for about four weeks. I got pregnant a third time, and this time I carried that pregnancy for 10 weeks. I knew there was a problem. When a woman is pregnant, her baby produces HCG through the placenta. Human chorionic gonadotropin, HCG, what is that? It's the first signal that tells the woman she is pregnant. It tells the ovaries to produce a second hormone called progesterone that then maintains the pregnancy. I, I was tested and my anti-HCG levels were way up. What does this mean? When a woman has antibodies, an immune reaction to HCG produced in her own body. If you create antibodies against HCG, the minute the new baby forming in the woman's womb starts producing HCG, it is destroyed like it was bacteria or viruses, so that the signal is completely lost. This is curious too. I keep coming to the same thing. There's so much anti-human happening, transhumanism, the whole thing. So much of what's going on right now is against humans. And this leads one to the obvious conclusion that it might be anti-human. Something's happening that's not human on this planet. We, we better come to grips with that real quick. If you think an invasion is going to happen like Independence Day, forget about it. It's going to be totally different than any of us can imagine. And therefore, the ovaries do not produce progesterone. So if you have high enough levels of anti-HCG antibodies, then the woman would actually just become sterile. But how does a woman develop antibodies to HCG? effectively an autoimmune disease where the body is attacking itself. This was the question that was asked and answered by vaccine developers seeking to create an anti-fertility vaccine on behalf of the World Health Organization, starting in the early 1970s. This research and development program was undertaken in response to perceived overpopulation. From 72 to 92, they spent 20 years the funding, the research for development of that vaccine. These facts are indisputable. WHO, through its Task Force on Vaccines for Fertility Regulation, has been supporting research on a synthetic vaccine against the HCG molecule. See, that's what I mean. These, these people are telling us what they're doing. It's, they're not even keeping it a secret. The only secrets that's being kept are the people that's demanding to stay in the dark. In order to immunize a woman against getting pregnant or abort a successful pregnancy, 
scientists discovered that physically combining the beta subunit of HCG with the tetanus toxoid used in the routine tetanus vaccine was the most effective approach. Not only did the woman develop antibodies against tetanus, she also produced antibodies against HCG, including that produced by her own body. But inevitably, an anti-fertility program faced challenges. Despite support from Kenya's leaders and what were described as elite groups, the response of Kenyan women was unenthusiastic. In particular, women's groups were concerned about the potential for abuse. Why? Because it had already happened. Women in the vaccine trials had already been sterilized without their knowledge or consent. Women were also worried that an anti-fertility vaccine campaign could be disguised as a tetanus vaccine program. Notably, the Catholic Women's League of the Philippines had won a court order halting a UNICEF anti-fertility program specifically using tetanus vaccine laced with HCG. Now, you know it's bad when the Catholic Church says no. Uh, they're re usually on top of this stuff in a positive way. By the time of the order, three million women had already been vaccinated. But by 1995, for those in favor of fertility control in Kenya, the time for action was long overdue. World Health Organization brought in a tetanus campaign, and they said they wanted to eradicate neonatal tetanus. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, neonatal tetanus is a form of tetanus infection that occurs in newborn infants. Neonatal tetanus occurs in infants born without protective passive immunity because the mother herself is not immune. It usually occurs through infection of the unhealed umbilical stump, particularly when the umbilical cord is cut with an unsterile instrument. We were already giving tetanus injections to all the pregnant women who were attending antenatal clinic to prevent neonatal tetanus. That was already part of the program in the country. But here World Health Organization comes and says, no, 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 no. We also want to give them outside pregnancy. And the question is, why? At a conference in Houston, Texas in 1995, Dr. Karanja had learned of anti-fertility campaigns in other countries under the guise of tetanus vaccination programs. That same year, the WHO planned a tetanus vaccine campaign in Kenyan women of childbearing age. Dr. Karanja prevailed upon the leaders of the Catholic Church, a very large healthcare provider, to demand that the campaign vaccines be tested for HCG. On this occasion, the government shared their concerns. Without explanation, the WHO apparently abandoned their campaign. Nineteen years later, however, the WHO was back, this time with the Kenyan government's blessing. A neonatal tetanus program was started in October of that year. Currently, we have a tetanus campaign being carried out in Baringo County. We are targeting girls from the ages of 15 to women of the ages of 49, basically the childbearing age. And then there was the question of the vaccine schedule. They can produce sterility with the birth control vaccine, but they need to give multiple shots. It takes about five to really be effective. 
and they're spaced about six months apart. Now, it's interesting that tetanus vaccines can be spaced five years or maybe 10 years. You don't need a shot every six months, and you certainly don't need five of them. The original plan was to give five doses spread over six months each. Now, is this starting to sound familiar with our boosters? People aren't going for it, though. Monkeypox sort of landed flat because people just went, no, no. I'm not having gay sex with multiple gay partners, so I don't even have to worry about it, even if it's real. This was the anti-fertility vaccine schedule. At this point, the Catholic Church decided to take the testing of vaccines for HCG into its own hands. The vaccines we are testing were collected from the field during the time of the March 2014 campaign. We got them from some of the nurses who were vaccinated. In Nairobi, three independent accredited laboratories tested samples from vials of the WHO tetanus vaccine being used in March 2014 and found HCG where none should be present. In October 2014, six additional vials were obtained by Catholic doctors and were tested in six accredited laboratories. HCG was found in half the samples. All the tests showed that the vaccine used in Kenya in March and October 2014 was raised with serum BHCG. Beta HCG. The human chorionic gonadotropin. The bishops are now vowing not to allow the exercise to take place. Calling for the immediate suspension of the vaccine. We are calling our people not to participate and not to allow themselves be influenced by what is happening without See, now, why didn't we do something about this when we heard about it on CNN or MSNBC? Oh, wait, we didn't hear about it on our corporate media stations. And why is it that we can look back in the past and see clearly, clearly that there's an agenda to depopulate the planet and sterilize women? Clearly, it, it's beyond any doubt whatsoever. But yet, when they're doing the same thing now, we don't question it. I think that's changing. Um, I I heard Bannon talking. He he said he thinks about one-third of the people, really, they're willing to fight and take this to the wall, whatever it takes. third of the people, they're just sort of waiting to see who wins, and they'll chime in. A third of the people, we're never going to save them. They, they have a mind virus like you can't believe. And this is where it gets into Wetiko that I talk about on my Rumble channel and BBS radio. Wetiko is a big deal. And that, that's the spiritual element behind mass formation psychosis. Whew, what a world. The story made headlines around the world. In an effort to limit the fallout, the government stepped in. It was then agreed that there would be a joint committee of experts to test the vaccines. So there was three people from the government and three people appointed by the Catholic bishops. We agreed we are going to test the nine vaccines that we had already tested. We also agreed to go and take some samples from the regular tetanus vaccine store of the government. 
a joint testing protocol was agreed upon using another, more specific detection method, high-performance liquid chromatography, HPLC. AgriQuest, an independent accredited testing facility, was contracted by Dr. Nicholas Muraguri, the government's director of medical services, to undertake analysis of vaccines. Muraguri urged AgriQuest to test samples provided by him rather than the previously tested samples obtained from the campaign. AgriQuest chose to analyze both sets of samples. Frederick Mathuri is the director of AgriQuest's Nairobi facility. The committee of experts now gave us a letter appointing us now as the testing laboratory for these vaccines. We actually found that some of the vaccines were contaminated with the beta HCG. Vials that were positive for HCG using the ELISA method were still positive for HCG using high-performance liquid chromatography, the HPLC test. In two sets of analyses, AgriQuest found HCG in the same vaccine vials that tested positive earlier. However, AgriQuest found no HCG in 52 samples, not from the campaign, but from government stores, many with the same batch numbers as the vials that tested positive for HCG. Bizarrely, Nicholas Moragori, on behalf of the government, wrote to AgriQuest demanding that they alter the results to reflect that the vaccines were safe to be administered. AgriQuest refused. The government went on the attack. World Health Organization was extremely angry. And you do not, you do not repeat, you do not confront World Health Organization in Africa. The World Health Organization is encouraging mothers to continue taking the tetanus vaccine, which it says is safe. The vaccine is indeed safe. Safe. You're saying that this is 100% safe? Absolutely safe. Safe and free of beta HCG. The altercation has forced WHO and UNICEF to respond. Accusing the Catholic Church of peddling misinformation. This evidence has been shown to have been dismissed. It is safe and it has not adversely impact the reproductive capacity of the girls and women of this country. These people can lie so easily, so smoothly, you just swear up and down they must be telling the truth, but they're not. The government side is quick to point out that only samples provided by the church were found to have been contaminated, yet they had the same batch numbers as those that tested negative. Does that mean that uh, the Catholic Church is lying? One vial is open. I know it was who opened it. That's not important. Same family, have a closed vial is negative. So I leave it to you to interpret what that means. Their credibility cannot be confirmed. The government publicly denounced the Catholic Church's concerns as baseless pronouncements not backed by any scientific evidence. For doctors Karanja and Ungare, the backlash had just begun. We got letters uh, from uh, the medical board um, calling us for disciplinary action. Um, and this is the board that registers doctors. So if they took away my license, then I wouldn't be able to practice as a doctor in this country. A gag order was established against my person. I am not, from 2014, expected to talk about vaccines in this country because I am a danger 
They say, and I don't know why they say that, that I am an influential person. And that when I talk against vaccine, that people will listen to me. Does this sound familiar? I mean, I, I can't put anything on Facebook or anything. But, but factual research and information, it just gets deleted uh, as misinformation. And I'm just some guy that lives up here in Northern California. Uh, you can imagine what these people go through, including death. And by the way, even if you're uh, a white racist, I mean, you have to pay attention to this because after they're through with Africa and the black people, guess who they're coming after? The rest of us. So we, we need to stop this now. That brings this African story to its closing remarks. How baseless are the facts? What, if any, is the scientific evidence? There was an explicit intent through a three-decade-long program of research and development by the WHO to develop an anti-fertility vaccine. The motive? To reduce female fertility in the face of alleged overpopulation. The WHO's research and development program had identified a conjugate a chemically bonded form of beta-HCG and tetanus vaccine as the most effective formulation. And for a five-dose schedule at six monthly intervals as being necessary to prevent successful pregnancy. The resulting anti-fertility vaccine was successfully trialed in developing countries. According to the WHO, up to 63 countries may have been targeted. The anti-fertility vaccine schedule was the one planned for use in Kenya's so-called neonatal tetanus vaccine campaign. Vaccine samples from the actual campaign were obtained and tested. The presence of HCG was confirmed using different tests in multiple laboratories. One of these laboratories, AgriQuest, was contracted by the government's Dr. Muragori to analyze vaccine samples for beta-HCG. AgriQuest confirmed that the samples that tested positive for beta-HCG in other labs did so in their hands. Upon learning of these results, Dr. Muragori demanded in writing that AgriQuest alter their report, refusing to pay for the testing when AgriQuest would not do so. However, tetanus vaccine samples provided from government stores, not from the field campaign, were negative. At this point, the government went on the offensive, declaring the vaccines safe and free of beta-HCG. Keep in mind, as you're listening to this and seeing the, the template of what they're doing, they're using the same exact thing right now. Um, people are waking up to it, but... I tell you, it's going to be too late for a lot of people. To cover the anomaly of the positive tests, government officials and others appear to have encouraged speculation in the media that the positive campaign samples were tainted and had been tampered with. Here, we come to the key forensic evidence. 
The director of AgriQQuest confirmed that the HCG tetanus toxoid conjugate that he had detected, the chemically bonded form, the same one that the WHO had been developing and testing for many years, could only have been introduced in the manufacturing process and not through later contamination with beta-HCG. This is not something that you can actually take and put in a vial and test and find, and find it. This uh, hormone was actually riding on something else. So there was actually a hump and a peak. So it actually rides on something else, which is actually chemically linked or bonded. The HPLC test showed that this HCG was conjugated. It was connected to the tetanus toxoid. At the time of production, it is made that way. They did not expect that these samples would actually be tested and whatever was claimed to actually be confirmed. You see, now they, they do know that we're testing. So a lot of the damage being done by what they're doing now happens within the body after people are jabbed with this stuff. Despite that, Dr. Morigori did go on national television to claim... I think it's full of contradiction because they have not submitted any reports. This is a report from AgriQuest Laboratory Analysis Report, the Joint Committee of Experts on Tetanus Toxid Vaccine Testing. This is a report from Nairobi Hospital. This is a report from the University of Nairobi College of Health Sciences. This is a report from... Lancet, Kenya. Dr. Muragori himself appeared to have forgotten that he had the report. And furthermore, the lab that they purported to have tested the, the vaccine has actually confirmed to me that uh, no such a thing ever happened. No laboratory ever tested the vaccine and found HCG. That is not correct. Dr. Muragori's claims were false. So it just means that uh, somebody actually had something big to hide. Which leads us to a disturbing turn of events. Despite alleged threats, harassment, and break-ins at his laboratory, on October 8th, 2020, AgriQuest director invited our cameras back. We were shown that the government samples of the tetanus vaccine, bearing the same batch number as the campaign samples, had been falsely relabeled. It had been put another label. No, it was it was all over. Yes, it fell off. Yeah, the label showed serum, but the label below showed another different company. Underneath the false label was not only a different batch number, but a completely different manufacturer. Despite the health secretary stating publicly that for Kenya, the source is just one. This is also false. It appears that there were at least two suppliers of the tetanus vaccine to Kenya. The Serum Institute of India and Biological E Limited, in that the contents of their vaccine vials were different.
it's really sad when you see pharmaceutical industry and people interested in profit and maybe other things like population control actually um, injuring people on, 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 uh, on purpose to achieve their ends. To imagine that a system somewhere, some people somewhere, are behind my inability to carry pregnancy to term, that is a diabolical agenda. And woe to them, because as long as I'm here alive in this world, they bring in the vaccines here, I will hunt it down, analyze it, and tell the Kenyan people what it is. In a story that is reminiscent of Jean Le Carre's The Constant Gardener, on April 29, 2021, Dr. Karanja was killed, officially, by the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Why does that not surprise any of us? The late Dr. Karanja had a message for the rest of the world. When they are through with Africa, they're coming for you. Keep your children ready. They will come for them, and they'll come for you. If you never heard anything else from this documentary, listen to that. They're going to come for you, and they're going to come for your children. In 2016, Dr. Nicholas McGurry was removed from his position at the Ministry of Health at the center of a huge financial scandal. McGurry hid crucial contract documents related to the leasing of medical equipment to uh, in 63 billion Kenya shilling deal. It sounds like a lot of money. Might have been 20 bucks for all we know, but... Uh, that the Senate described as a criminal enterprise, 63 billion Kenyan shillings. Infertility, a diabolical agenda. Andy I've been Wakefield concerned about film. Bill Gates for some time, and the first contact I had with his agenda was at a meeting that I went to, the American Society of Pediatric and Adolescent Gynecologists. The guest of honor was Malcolm Potts, who was uh, from Berkeley, University of California. He was the head of the International Planned Parenthood Federation. He was an advisor to Bill Gates. He was in the know about what Bill Gates was doing. Now picture this, we're sitting at a breakout session and he was boasting about the success of their program in Africa. They would have Depo-Provera parties every month, and they would bring all sorts of baubles and beads and gifts to the young girls as young as 12 years of age. And that would be an opportunity for them to inject them with uh, Depo-Provera, which ensured infertility in those young tribal women. It also ensured the end of their normal reproductive cycles for the time that they were on the Depo-Provera and in the majority of cases, far beyond. So I've seen many, many cases where Depo-Provera has caused permanent infertility. It's hard to believe that these African girls even knew what was happening to them, because many of them 
hadn't even had their reproductive cycles in place long enough to know what normal is. Of course, the unknowing young girls were not made aware of the fact that this would deprive them of their reproductive cycles and likely their fertility for not just months, but years and lead to premature osteoporosis, obesity, depression, and other severe consequences. You're basically taking away that woman's reproductive uh, health. The work that they were doing in Africa was under the um, auspices of the Gates Foundation in retrospect, kind of uh, concerned me then and concerns me even more now as we see a lot of what has happened with the Gardasil vaccine and potentially other newer vaccines. We're injecting these vaccines into the shoulder muscle. The assumption all up until now that they don't go anywhere other than the injection site. Is it a safe assumption? Absolutely not. The spike protein gets into the blood. It accumulates at quite high concentrations in the ovaries. That the spike protein is a pathogenic protein. It is a toxin. It can cause damage in our body. We made a big mistake. We didn't realize it until now. Will we be rendering young people infertile? When you vaccinate a person, they may make antibodies that might lead to an attack on the placenta. I am not saying that if you take these vaccines, it will cause infertility, but I will say that none of the manufacturers should give you any assurances whatsoever that it won't, because they have not bothered to measure whether the similarity is enough to produce on any occasions any antibody at all that might bind to your own synthesis hormone. And if it does, yeah, it could, it could stop you getting pregnant or prevent your uh, placenta from functioning properly. That's the concern. And that was a former executive of Pfizer. And these pharmaceutical companies now, they're starting to sue each other. They're, it's like they're, they're eating their young. And uh, I see this going on more and more. They're with divisions and they're all scrambling for safety because we are winning this war against ideas. And um, I, I want you to let me know what you think about this video. Andy Wakefield, he's been on the hot seat for quite a while because he put out the uh, the Vaxxed movie. And so uh, he's he's been on the hot seat for a long time. Now, this is just a short one-minute clip. This is Andy Wakefield speaking right here. Let's hear what he has to say. With half the world, more than half the world, and that number growing every day on our side, in America, from the recent CDC numbers of those who are compliant with the CDC's recommended schedule for the COVID shot, then it's 72% are saying no. 72% either didn't get the first shot, didn't get the required second shot, or have refused to get the booster. They've said, this is not necessary, and we don't believe it's safe. 72%. And when you saw Bill Gates the other day on television, he was confronted by the question, how do you think it went, Bill? You know, what, was it, what, did you, what do you think? The overall, what's your assessment of, of how well your campaign worked? Really a campaign of fear, fear and intimidation. They didn't say that, but that was the subtext. And he was a broken man. He was a broken man in that interview. It was quite clear that to him, 
It had been an abject failure. What he wanted was to frighten, to coerce, to commit harm, the, the entire global population into getting the vaccines. And it was a failure. It was the worst failure they've ever made, the worst mistake they've ever made. Yeah, they, they took it too far, took it too far this time. And, and like all the things I put up here, I, I put them up for education, information. I'm not giving you any medical advice or anything. And you're more than welcome, good or bad, to email me at rahasia at usa.com. And like I say, you know, I don't know where you're watching this right now, but bbsradio.com forward slash spiritual activist is really a great place for so many of us because they're not making us censored. They're just asking us to be truthful, factual, and give uh, really good, well-researched information. That's what we all should be uh, demanding of ourselves. And my Rumble channel, of course, is rumble.com forward slash Rahasia Uncensored. So we can always get my videos from these places too. Okay, I think it's time for a little bit of light humor. This guy, he, he has a way of making you laugh at things that we shouldn't be laughing at, but if we can laugh at it, we can sort of help people understand it a little bit deeper. This is Awaken with JP. You can also catch him on Rumble. Uh, he puts out some really great stuff. I think you'll enjoy this, and it's uh, my way of lightening things up a little bit. <laughs> nice mask. Thanks. Monkeypox? No. Still doing the original. Vintage. I like it. Kind of like bell bottoms for your face. Did you hear the people that run Biden decided to cancel student loans? Yep. What are your feelings on that? Well, I think instead of having the person who decided to take out a loan based on their own free will to pay their loan, it's a much better idea to have you and I pay their loan through our tax dollars. It kind of does drive home the lesson that self-responsibility isn't going to get you anywhere in life. Exactly. And we get to have all the expense of paying for college without getting any of the degrees. I'd pay money not to have a degree. You are. Oh, also, did you hear Mark Zuckerberg on Joe Rogan's podcast? I didn't know Rogan had a podcast. Yeah, he started one. He's just trying to get the thing going. How was the Zuckerberg interview? Well, listening to an interview with the world's most boring person, you'd be surprised at how Mark Zuckerberg was the exact amount of boring you thought he'd be. Sounds riveting. Oh, and I think I heard someone say that Mark talked about how the FBI instructed Facebook to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yeah, and I think Mark did a masterful job of pinning Facebook's fascist policies on the FBI's fascist policies. How so? Well, when Zuckerberg wasn't being a sociopath, he was being a sociopath who said the FBI came to Facebook right before the laptop story broke and warned them that there would be upcoming dumps of Russian misinformation. How'd the FBI know that was coming? Because apparently most Russian misinformation comes from them. And Zuckerberg just went along with it? Oh, he definitely went along with it. Did Rogan press him on it? No, I think Joe knew the Clinton body count would be going up by one if he got too curious. Oh, and speaking of the FBI, apparently an FBI whistleblower told Senator Ron Johnson that the FBI refused to investigate the laptop story. With one one boss telling their agents, 
You will not look at the Hunter Biden laptop. Why would they purposely not investigate it? The FBI said they didn't want an investigation to change the outcome of the 2020 election. I appreciate their integrity because it would hurt our democracy if truth and reality influenced how people voted. Do you think the FBI's raid on Trump was legit? 100%. A Jeffrey Epstein attorney who's now a judge signed the search warrant for the FBI to go into Mar-a-Lago. Why do you think the FBI hasn't raided anyone to get Epstein's client list. Oh, did I mention that Epstein attorney is now a judge connected to the FBI? Yeah, but I still don't see the correlation. You don't? I don't. Well, your refusal to see the obvious now makes me feel insecure about my observations of the obvious, which I will now abandon for the sake of believing a comfortable false reality, just like you, rather than believing a terrifying true reality. I appreciate the companionship. And besides, we know the raid was legit because the FBI took pictures of the secret documents they were after and posted them online, which proves Trump put the country at risk for having those secret documents because you can't risk letting people just see those secret documents. You got to keep them a secret. Yeah, I think you're right, because if it was a fabricated raid, they wouldn't post pictures of the secret docs online for everyone to see, because that would prove there's no evidence. I'm a little concerned about Europe. Why? It's just that they're in a major energy shortage right now because of Russia shutting off energy exports to them, and also mostly because of the World Economic Forum. Yeah, apparently what we think of as civilized countries like France and Germany are going back to the Dark Ages because of a lack of energy. They sure are. Over there, the price of oil has doubled, the price of coal has quadrupled, and the price of natural gas is seven times more expensive. And with winter coming, it's expected that most people over there won't have heat. And we're on a similar trajectory. It sucks for them, but that could never happen here. <laughs> I get really nervous when people say that because it's usually a really bad omen about what's about to happen. Don't worry, we should be good. Look, upon taking office, Biden had the foresight to shut down the Keystone Pipeline, so instead of us being energy independent, now we're dependent on Russia for energy. And now with us sending billions of dollars of aid and weapons to Russia's enemy that they're in a war with, we should have nothing to worry about, because... That could never happen here. Yeah, you just said it again. And I feel much more nervous than I did the first time you said that. (laughs) 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 And besides. Yeah. At least if we can laugh a little bit, it doesn't seem so bad. But listen to what this guy is talking about. He's laying everything he said was the truth. And it's so bizarrely ironic and ridiculous that if you don't see how serious it is, it's it's funny. I mean, if this was on Saturday Night Live, it would make total sense. But we're not we're not on Saturday Night Live. So while we have a few moments left here, I'd like to share with you a few things that we've been up to. Uh, we're getting more sustainable living up here in Northern California and uh, trying to be a little more aware that some really tough challenging times are coming. And I might encourage you, learn how to grow food. Learn, make sure you're really close to some fresh water. 
have at least six months to a year of food stored up. And that can just be rice and beans and some of the staple items. Um, you know, at least you stay alive. And and I know this sounds scary, but I I would feel remiss if I have any kind of a platform left to not send out a warning because we're uh, we're surrounded by idiots that have risen to the top. And in my opinion, I think we're always supposed to say that. Um, in my opinion, they uh, they are criminals. I mean, they're actually decriminalizing second-degree murder in some cities. How did we get here? How did we get to the point where pedophiles, uh, drag queens are going to libraries and, and reading to our children? Uh, looking so weird. I mean, so weird. If any of these stories would have come out 10 years ago, it would have been, well, if the news was not taken over then too, but it would have been national headlines. Some of the things that are happening on a daily basis, our cities are war zones. There's more and more homeless people. It's becoming so dangerous, so dangerous that it's hard to even comprehend how people can be that way with other people, but they are. And again, I think this is part of Watiko, which is a Lakota Native American term for an interdimensional cannibalistic entity that's coming in on low frequencies of negativity. And we've been warned about this for millennia. And here I am warning people again, but it seems like nobody's listening. Nobody's listening to these warnings. And we do see the effects because on a psychological level, they're calling it mass formation psychosis. And maybe on my next uh, podcast, I, I'll after I read this book, um, I'll do a podcast on just mass formation psychosis, which is the upper level of awareness that most people are on because that's where we can actually bump into things and trip. But on the deeper level, the spiritual level, the Watiko level, that's where it gets, it's a hard sell. Like if I tell somebody that, hey, have you ever thought about the fact that this might be orchestrated by advanced beings from another planet? Even though it's an obvious, obvious agenda at transhumanism, going beyond being human, these people are talking about it. Listen to Yuval Harari. He out and out tells us that in a few years, a decade, humans won't be here anymore. And the ones that will be will be so marginalized, so difficult for them to live, that they'll just eventually die off. Um, people, <laughs> I never thought I'd be talking about things like this. I, I'd like to talk about meditation and UFOs and living on other planets and, you know, the fun things, and even conspiracies. Back in the day when talking about conspiracies was sort of a fun thing to do. I I enjoy a good conspiracy the way most people would. But now that we're living in the conspiracy, it's not as fun. In fact, the fun has been gone for a while now. So 
see what do we have left here we have about five minutes four and a half minutes left so let me just once again uh, ask you please please go and uh, sign up for our rumble broadcast at rumble.com forward slash Rahasia Uncensored and my main place to go is bbsradio.com forward slash spiritual activist. We have to start supporting each other on these alternative platforms because, I mean, I can speak clearly from my experience what's going on with YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. And I'm not a really big deal like Alex Jones or Joe Rogan or any of these other people. They're coming after all of us, no matter how big or small. They're coming after all of us. And after they're through with us, they're coming after you. So some of us out here on the front line saying, giving a voice to the people that's trying to warn us, you know, we all need your support. However, you can give that support. Uh, You can also go to Amazon.com and buy my book. To Believe or Not to Believe. Subtitle is The Social and Neurological Consequences of Belief Systems. What sparked me to even write that book in 2009 was a quote by Voltaire. Voltaire said, If they can make you believe in absurdities, they can make you commit atrocities. And it got me wondering, well, why is that obviously true? I mean, look out on the battlefield. Ask any of the people out on the battlefield, some of their beliefs. They're all absurd. They're crazy. But they talked them into doing atrocities. Why is that? Well, I interviewed neuroscientists, behavioralists, uh, microbiologists, Bruce Lipton, uh, Joe Dispenza, Greg Braden, Dr. Andrew Newberg, many, many people. I, I wanted to know what, from their perspective, why this is. Well, lo and behold, there is a reason. If If they can make you believe absurdities, why is it that they can make you commit atrocities? Well, oddly enough, the neural network that is manifested to believing something absurd, which means you have to cut off neural connections with history, biology, factual information. Two plus two actually does equal four. No, it doesn't. equals five. You have to cut yourself from all of this to get yourself to really believe that men can have babies or there's 72 genders or it's okay to leave Americans in Afghanistan and give our enemies over $80 billion worth of high-grade military equipment. It's okay to get yourself to the point where you can believe that that same neural network is the same neural network that it takes to talk a person into through propaganda to go out and commit atrocities. This is not uh, even up for debate. I mean, these are functional MRIs. They can show you they overlay perfectly on each other. And that's my book, To Believe or Not to Believe, The Social and Neurological Consequences of Belief Systems. And my wife has a meditation on there too. Uh, It's Dara's meditation. She has a guided meditation. And she came up with those meditations when I was doing uh, counseling for adolescents going through drug recovery. It's a way to get students and young people loosened up and 
ready to embrace another level of consciousness that they can't have with drugs. Because the truth is, we're all going to do whatever the hell we want to do. The, the thing about having will, yeah, we, we have will, we have willpower, but that willpower is focusing on whatever it is we want to do more than anything else. That's the reason in the 12-step program, they say, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's when you quit. And it's true. But that's not willpower. You're just sick and tired of being sick and tired and you want to try something different. And you know you can't have both of them. I mean, I, I know I have a level of consciousness right now that I can't have with drugs. It doesn't work. So I, I'm still doing whatever the hell I want to do. It just happens to be that I want to have this level of awareness and consciousness. We also have a book on there called The 12 Spiritual Laws of Recovery and Meditations for the 12-Step Program. But it never went over too good with the 12-step program because the first step, first thing I realized with adolescents going through recovery with designer drugs and everything else, they didn't want to give up what little power they had left. They would tell me, Rahasi, I mean, I'm not going to give up my power to nothing. No God, no agency, organization, or person. I have a little teeny bit left. I, I need to embrace that. So the first step in that book is what you resist persists, and it's how to embrace an addiction. And this isn't for everybody. You know, some people, they just, they're not there. But if you can get yourself to the point consciously to where you can embrace your addiction and use it as a tool, not only for recovery, but for advancing and evolving your consciousness, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Whatever it took to get to that point, you know, you're to a point now where you don't have to backslide or you don't have to go off the wagon or there's a thousand terms for it. And people, I don't know. I, I'm glad the 12-step program is there. But like John Bradshaw, he is a big proponent of the 12-step program. But the end of 30 years of dealing with 12-steppers, he says, to my knowledge, the best thing that 12-step program does is it helps people re-socialize back into society. Uh, Ram Das said the only problem with the 12-step program, there's not that 13th step where you can like graduate. You're, you're locked into a, another addiction for the rest of your life. And yeah, it might keep these people off the streets from getting drunk, getting high, and running into me or somebody I love. But it's not good for them on a spiritual level. They have to embrace and evolve past that naturally well it's time to go once again uh you can if you want to support my channels and what i'm doing lotus guide l-o-t-u-s-g-u-i-d-e dot com forward slash donations and i thank you very much for your time it's really valuable that's the reason i really try to put valuable content on my podcast and i hope you come back again and uh let's all get through this together Thank you.